were really excited about the series, and you came the last two weeks, and you're like, this is the best series ever, and then this week you come and you see me, and I'm sorry, I know you were expecting Father Anthony, so um, I don't want to disappoint you so much, but what just happened? Because I can't do this without my phone. Can't do it. Sorry. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Um, so Father Anthony asked me to come and to speak to you guys because this, this is what happens. Women instinctively, immediately look at each other and compare each other and men, not so much, right? So you look at this and you're like, you need a woman's perspective here. You can't talk about obsessive comparison disorder without having a woman's perspective. Because let me tell you, women are professional comparers. Okay, how many of you guys agree with this picture? I mean, I know I probably did this at least three or four times this morning. And I know you guys are probably like, those shoes that she's wearing don't even necessarily go with that outfit. I don't know what she's thinking, wearing a white skirt on stage. She's just gonna add extra weight, but anyways. But guys, you're not completely off the hook, okay? Because men, you do it too, right? You compare your jobs, your earning power, right? Your personalities, your partner, right? Women, yeah, we have a lot of those other things. It's the body, it's how fun we are, it's um, you know how put together we are, it's how exciting we think we are, how exciting we think we should be, right? And then it's the stuff, it's the outfit of the day, it's the bag, it's the luxury stuff, it's my home stuff, it's like all this other stuff. I gotta say that like when I, when, when I was younger, yeah, it was like a little bit more on the superficial level, but then the older I got, the more darker the comparison became, right? It became, am I able to have kids? Um, because this, like my, my friend over here has kids and I can't have kids because I'm older. Or it became, um, you know, my kid, and because I know I have, I have friends, I have a goddaughter. Um, but it becomes, um, are my kids as smart as their kids? Um, are they going to the best school? They're going to the best school. We're not going to the best school, right? It becomes um, a lot more um, disturbing, actually, the older you get. But then it becomes other things, right? It, it's, it's just, well, I got to say that men also, I have a brother for any of you that know, and he was like, men don't compare except for like a couple of things like beard, grilling, um, skills, and like sports teams. I was like, okay, yeah, I could, I could see that. So, you know, we know that you guys definitely do this too. Um, so uh, someone sent me this quote, and I thought it was hilarious. So I just want to read it to you guys because this basically sums up, I think, what everybody thinks, right? I want a butt like J-Lo, a house, garden, and marriage like Chip and JoJo, hair like the girl I saw on Pinterest one time, skin like Carrie Washington, does she even age? To cook like my sister, to have the patience of Mr. Rogers, the humor of Kristen Bell, the parenting skills and prowess of every expert ever, to buy all organic groceries, but to reduce my grocery bill by 50%, the clothing genius of Hello Fashion Blog on Instagram, to be fit and strong like Jillian Michaels, but not to give a rip about these things like Mother Teresa. I want to teach my kids to be fearless and that they can do anything, but I want to control it so they never get hurt or scare me ever, all while coming across as chill, fun, and eating a slice of pepperoni pizza uh, two times the size of my face. How many of us actually, come on, relate to this? Come on, I know I'm not the only one. If you're not raising your hand, you're lying. You're liars, 
okay? Because we all do this. I am obsessed with Fixer Upper, by the way. I want to be Joanna Gaines. That's me. I want to be her. She Like her style, her clothes, she cooks. I'm like, you're perfect. It's disgusting. Your hair, I just, I hate it. But I love her. Um, so last week, uh, Father Anthony spoke about the fear of missing out, and it actually really resonated with me because I'll tell you a little story. When I was in my 20s, way before Facebook came out, there was this thing called MySpace. I don't know if any of you guys remember this, but like it first came out, and I was like in my early 20s, and I was like, oh, this is the coolest thing ever. Like I could just pick a template and put my thoughts out there and stuff like that, and I could see what my friends are doing, and I had friends that were like, you know, still in grad school, and they were going different places, and there was this boy I liked, right, and I became a stalker. I was stalking him. I was looking at him. I was looking at the girls that he was hanging out with and the friends that he was hanging out with and the things that they were doing. And not just him, it was like everybody. I became a stalker. And I was like, this is not healthy. This is not the person that I am. So I stopped using MySpace because I was like, I don't like the person I'm becoming in being a stalker. Like it was, I was angry. I was like, jealous. I was like, all of these like negative things like came out and I wasn't happy. So then I moved on to blogging. So that was healthier, right? It was, um, it was WordPress and it was way before blogging like became a thing, right? I was still in my 25, I was around 25-ish. And I um, was writing about my experiences being like a 20-something year old, right? Going through my quarter-life crisis and, you know, just being super judgmental. And I was writing all of my thoughts on a blog. And then all of a sudden, I got attention from my blogging. And people started following me. And it became great. And I don't know if you know, did you ever ride the Metro and you get this, like, Washington Post Express? Well, they actually post, like, published one of my blog posts on Washington Post Express, right? Because it was actually quite funny, if I do say so myself, right? And then I was like, oh, I'm, like, I'm getting attention from the Washington Post. This is awesome. And I started to write more and more. But then I um, started to change who I was to conform to what people wanted to see. I started liking the attention so much that I became someone I wasn't. And this blog was maybe like three years or something like that. And I stopped it too at the height of its popularity, right? Because I was, I mean, I could have published a book, right? Because all the, the bloggers back then were like writing books from their blogs and stuff like that about how miserable and, and, and funny my mid-20s was going to be. I could have published a book about the crisis of my midlife crisis. But I decided to quit. I mean, I could be a millionaire right now, but no. I quit it because I was, um, I was not becoming who I was. I, I still didn't know who I was. I was in my mid-20s. But here I was knowing that I was conforming to what society wanted to see and what they wanted to hear. And I would change the things I would write and maybe embellish a little to be funnier, to be smarter, to be whatever, the urs, right? The land of ur that, that, that Father Anthony was talking about. I wanted to project that image. And then this is what happened, right? The reward for conformity is that everyone likes you except yourself. I was conforming to something that I wasn't. This is what social media, too, does, by the way. They know you better than you know yourself. Um, 
they do this aggregate data thing where before you even like get online, you're getting all of these ads of like uh, places that you normally shop and things that you normally eat and um, articles that you might actually like to read, right? Depending on your political views and your ideologies and all of these things. So now I'm like, do we even have an original thought anymore? Or are we just conforming? Are we just like riding along, not even realizing that we're not becoming individuals? That we're, we're becoming a part of a society that's telling us how to be instead of being who we actually are. That's dangerous. And the danger in that is that we end up becoming something that society created instead of what God created. I realized through all of this experiences that all I was looking for was a sense of belonging. But I was gaining satisfaction and contentment from the feedback that other people would give me. Like I was putting on this fake mask to everybody else via my online presence, right? And, and sometimes it was like I didn't even have as many real friends as I did on my online friends, the people that were reading my blog who were random strangers, but I still was seeking their approval. I didn't want people to see the real me. And so I put up a fake me. I didn't want people to see the loneliness, the rejection, the confusion, right? I was, I was in my mid-20s. I didn't know who I was, what I wanted to do with my life. Do I go back to school? Is this the career that I want? I graduated in the wrong thing. Maybe I should do this, right? I, I was struggling with my identity, and I didn't want people to see that. So I created a different identity that people liked. Maya Angelou um, said something really fascinating. She says, you are only free when you realize you belong no place. You belong every place, no place at all. The price is high, the reward is great. I did not understand what that meant. So I was like, that's a fascinating um, quote. So I, I dug into it a little deeper in this interview that she had. Um, the author asks her, do you belong anywhere? And she says, I haven't yet. Do you belong to anyone? More and more, I mean, I belong to myself. I'm very proud of that. I'm very concerned about how I look at Maya. I like Maya very much. I like the humor and courage very much. And when I find myself acting in a way that isn't, that doesn't please me, then I have to deal with that. What I got out of this is that being ourselves means sometimes having to find the courage to stand alone. And a perfect example of that is St. Paul. This is a quote that uh, Father Anthony also used last week, but I wanna, I wanna, I wanna look at it again. Uh, not that I speak from want, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am. I know how to get along with humble means, and I also know how to live in prosperity. In an in any and every circumstance, I've learned the secret of being filled with going hungry, both having abundance and suffering need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. St. Paul here exemplifies someone who belonged to himself. He knew who he was, he was happy with who he was, and he could be himself in any situation and in any circumstance. I didn't realize the true depth of that until I was also in my 20s, after the whole debacle with the, the blog and then the, the MySpace and all of that stuff, I went on a trip by myself. And it was the first trip I've ever taken by myself. And it was liberating. 
I didn't realize then how um, amazing it was to be by yourself, truly by yourself. I traveled by myself, I didn't have my parents with me, I didn't have friends with me, I didn't know where I was going. I was completely alone. And in that moment, that point in time transformed my life because then that's when I realized where God was leading me. I had a clear picture of the person I was to become. St. Paul exemplifies that someone who belongs to himself and he braved the wilderness of uncertainty, vulnerability, and criticism. This was a man who we know had to undergo so many changes of who he, from who he was to who he is, to, who, to the man that we know him to be. And in order to have done that, he had to undergo a lot of, of, of different experiences, right? And we'll get into that a little bit uh, later. When we are utterly alone, we're connected to one another by something greater than Facebook, Instagram, politics, ideology. We're connected by love and the Holy Spirit. No matter how separated we think we are uh, and believe we're part of the same spiritual story, right? In Romans, it says, for just as each of us has one body with many members, these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, though many form one body and each member belong to all the others. I know it's really hard sometimes for people to think, well, I, um, I can't be alone. I have my husband, I have my kids, I'm never alone. I don't know how to be alone. Being alone kind of scares me. That's the point, right? Being able to find some time in solitude, being able to actually um, figure out what that means to you. And it's a hard concept to grasp, I understand, but what does that mean to get to a place in life where we belong nowhere and everywhere? Where belonging is in our heart and not a reward for perfecting, pleasing, uh, proving, pretending, right? That's the reward we get for belonging is that we feel like we have to compromise who we are and we have to conform to the way society has to be. But do we actually stop, to pretend, stop from pretending, stop from pleasing, stop from doing all of this stuff to figure out who we really are? Um, I'm reading this book called uh, Braving the Wilderness. And the author uses uh, wilderness as a metaphor, everything from a vast and dangerous environment where we're forced to navigate difficult trials to um, a refuge of nature and beauty where we seek space and contemplation. But in the end, the same thing basically uh, is the wilderness, right? It is solitude, vulnerability, emotional, spiritual, or physical quest. And I can't think of two better examples of exactly that than in Mark and in Psalm um, 23. In Mark, we talk about when Jesus went into the desert, he went into the wilderness, right? And he was in the desert for 40 days being tempted by Satan. He was in the wild, he was with the wild animals and angels attended him. 
This is the part of the wilderness where you're going through the difficult trials. How many of us have gone through difficult trials and difficult problems? And I see those as opportunities to grow. And you've, you all see that too. When, you're, when you've gone through a really difficult situation, a, a really bad illness um, where you might have cancer or you might have a brain tumor or you might have something, right? It is devastating. It takes a toll on not just you, but your family, your emotional physical health, right? And what comes out of it is a strength that you didn't even know you had, right? And the same thing here, this is when Jesus was about to embark into his journey and he went through the wilderness first in solitude. And even though he was with the wild animals, the angels attended to him, which proves that even though you might be going through a really difficult trial, see that as an opportunity for your character to actually come out, right? And that God is never gonna leave you through this time. Just as angels attended to him, angels are also going to be attending to you and watching over you. But sometimes these trials and, and these moments of solitude are meant to shape our character, are meant to shape us into the people that we are meant to be. In the same place, David says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. The contemplation that David has brings out our gratitude and our contentment. His gratitude made him say, I shall not be in want. So we have to embrace the wilderness. We have to embrace the time when we are going through very difficult situations and very difficult trials. And the times when we um, can meditate and say, thank you, Jesus, for where I am today. Two years ago, three years ago, two, three years ago, I had the worst year of my life. It was the worst year. I was definitely going through that period of the wilderness where I just was miserable. I thought, right? But hindsight is 2020. I had a family member who was really, really sick um, for a very long time. And it uh, was devastating to me emotionally, even though this was the person who was in the hospital. I was struggling with, with this. Like it, it takes an emotional toll when you have a loved one who's sick and you actually have to... Um, take into consideration all of these emotional things, but compound that with like just life, life happening, right? I just was, I hated my job. I didn't know what I was doing. My friendships were all over the place. I didn't know who my real friends were anymore, right? And I just had like a really, really low period. But during this time, it's really when um, I realized who I was becoming. I realized that I had the strength to be there for my loved ones. I realized that I had the strength to overcome um, certain things uh, to get me to the place where I wanted to be in my career, right? I had to find deep within myself the strength and the courage to, to do something else because I couldn't stay down here for very long. That's the wilderness, solitude. Solitude is being alone with God. It's an opportunity to focus on your intimacy with Jesus. And the reason why that's important is because you learn who, you are on a journey to find out who God created you to be, who you really are. But when we're forced to um, 
look at social media all the time and compare ourselves to so-and-so and read news articles and just constantly be, um, you know, overwhelmed by other people's thoughts and opinions, um, we're never going to get to that point where we actually can separate ourselves from this thing that is telling us who we are, right? Um, this, this thing, I love this. I'm going to read this to you guys. I also, um, this author basically had this whole theory thing called strong back, soft front. And it says, all too often, our so-called strength comes from fear, not love. Instead of having a strong back, many of us have a defendant, a defendant front shielding a weak spine. In other words, we walk around brittle and defensive, trying to conceal our lack of confidence. If we strengthen our backs, metaphorically speaking, and develop a spine that's flexible and sturdy, then we can risk having a front that's soft and open. How can we give and accept care with strong back, soft front compassion, moving past fear into a place of genuine tenderness? I believe it comes about when we can be truly transparent, seeing the world clearly and letting the world see into us. You know what comes to mind when I hear strong back, soft front? I want you to close your eyes right now, and I want you to amass, imagine Jesus on the cross. Strong back, soft front. I get emotional because I'm like, that's what Jesus did, and we can't even do that. We have a strong front and a weak back. That's why we're not vulnerable. That's why we're not um, open. That's why we get defensive and angry and jealous because we can't even be like our creator who created us to have a strong back and a soft front. So how do we do that? When perfecting, pleasing, proving, pretending gets in the way of a strong back, how do we become vulnerable? How do we become real, right? Like the whole thing here is highlighting real. How do we become real? to be transparent so that others want to come and be more like us, like the image of Jesus. If we are the image of Jesus and we can be that into the world, then others will be transformed to find their true selves. How do we become brave enough to do that? Because that's another thing that Jesus did. That was strength, that was vulnerability, but that was also braveness. So in order to do that, I came up with, well, I, I didn't come up with it, she did, but um, I'm taking credit. Um, braving the wilderness, what, what does that look like? So B, boundaries. You have to learn to set, hold, and respect boundaries. Let go of being liked and the fear of disappointing people. Let go. In Romans, he says, for those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit set their minds on the things of the spirit, for to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. Only you know what boundaries you have. And only you know that these boundaries are the boundaries that you need to um, be create, to, that you create for yourself to be in the image of God, right? Not in the image of other people. So when you see yourself doing something to please someone else or posting an article or posting a picture that's like, oh, this would get me more likes, think about that. Think about, is this really who you are? Set boundaries for yourself on what that person is. Reliability. Learning how to say what you mean and mean what you say. 
But there's a danger in that because sometimes that means overcommitting to something because you want to please people, right? So again, this goes to the boundaries. Don't do something that you know you can't do. Learn to say no. No is a good word. It's not a bad word. You can say no. Accountability. Learn how to step up and be accountable, take responsibility, and issue meaningful apologies when you're wrong, right? The challenge here is let go of blame. Let go of blame and staying out of shame. Don't wait for the other person to come and apologize to you. Just get up and apologize. Be that person who is going to say, I did something wrong, I'm gonna say I'm sorry. Don't wait for the other person to do something, right? Have the, the, be brave and have the courage to do the right thing and to be the first to do it. Vault, learn how to keep confidences, to recognize that what's ours to share and what's not ours to share, right? The challenge is stop using gossip because that's what we do. We use gossip to gain intimacy with people, right? So we say, hey, I heard so-and-so, did you hear da-da-da-da-da? And then you feel like you have like a, like you're, you're, you're becoming like your friendship, like you're, you're, you're spending time like communicating with someone and chatting with someone and like you have fellowship with this person, but you're gossiping and that's how you, that's like your entryway into this like fellowship. Don't do that, right? Find something else to talk about than other people, right? Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what's helpful or building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Integrity. Learn how to practice values even when it's uncomfortable and hard, right? Courage over comfort, that's integrity. St. Paul says here, this being so, I myself strive to have a conscience without offense toward God and men. During this time, um, St. Paul was being accused of uh, spreading unrest among the Jews, being a ringleader for a heretical sect and, and, um, and other things, right? And St. Paul basically, like because of his integrity, he just gave a very calm, straightforward reply to these accusations. And he's like, look, I've lived openly before God and before men, and um, I don't have to lie to defend myself. You guys see me, you know how I live, this is me. And they couldn't argue with that, right? So if, if you have the integrity of being who you really are, then no one's gonna argue with anything that you say. No one's gonna accuse you of doing something that doesn't um, match who you really are. The next two um, kind of go together, non-judgment and generosity. They kind of speak for themselves, right? But I want us to not just be non-judgmental and generous with our, our money, our time, and not judge other people and things like that that we see, right? But don't, don't be generous in your assumptions of other people. Be generous in um, the way you think about somebody else. Give them the benefit of the doubt that they're struggling, that they're going through something, right? And if you feel like someone is going through something that's difficult, like offer, offer your time. Be generous with that person, right? Be the first to always do the right thing. So true belonging, contentment in who we really are is the spiritual practice of believing in and belonging to yourself so deeply that you can share your most authentic self with the world and find sacredness in both being a part of something and standing in the wilderness. We're just talking about 
um, life groups and being a part of an authentic um, community, right? But you can't be a part of an authentic community if you yourself are not authentic. What are you going to bring to the table, right? So I challenge you to really, hopefully, and I already know a couple people who completely like stopped using um, social media, right? I don't have a Facebook account because I realized years ago that this made me miserable, that I just couldn't do it anymore. Um, and I learned to be my most authentic self through just life, right? At the end of the day, true belonging and contentment doesn't require you to change who you are, but to be who you are. So don't conform to the world. Don't conform to um, what you think other people want to see. People want to see you. People want to know the real you, right? And that hopefully this can sh the, you can share that person um, with the rest of the world. Okay, and uh, that's it for me. So I'll invite Father Anthony to say a prayer for us. Thank Give you. a big hand to Marianne. Big hand to Marianne. Thank you, Marianne. So as Marianne said, we are doing a series on comparison, and it wouldn't have been right to do a series on comparison without having a lady's viewpoint. So while I realize all the men in the room may be confused, may not understand, that means that the message was, 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 was perfect, okay? Exactly what we needed. And what I want to just say real quick, just to follow up on what Marianne said, um, always appreciate Marianne, her vulnerability and honesty. It's, it's something that's not easy to do in life. It's especially not easy to do up here. What we're going to talk about next week, all right, what we're going to talk about, so for the past three weeks, today and the past two weeks, We've been talking about this idea about comparison and how to stop the OCD, the obsessive comparison disorder that disables so many of us. So if you missed any of those messages, you go on to stsa.church slash the well, stsa.church slash the well, and you get caught up. What we're going to talk about next week, hopefully, is how we can turn what we've been trying to do for three weeks, which is to like not compare and be content, and we're kind of like struggling in how to do it. What we're going to talk about next week is how to make it automatic. And I believe that the scripture gives us a, a formula. Okay, the scripture gives us a path that if we commit to doing certain things, I'm gonna focus on one thing in particular next week. All right, if we commit to doing one thing, which may not, you may not has, think it has anything to do with comparison, but if we commit to this one thing, building on what we learned these past three weeks, and we can stick with this one long-term habit, I believe that we can truly live comparison-free, content-filled, lives. Not the kind that take all your effort, okay, and all your, your strength, but really that we can set this thing on autopilot and we can live like St. Paul lived, okay, where like Marianne showed us that verse in Philippians 4, 13, where he said that I learned to be content in all situations. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So this week we're practicing it again just by uh, not even show of hands, but just like faces. I'm going to see some faces. How many people took the social media challenge and cut back on some social media last week? All right, you want to raise your hand if you want. Take, raise your hand if you're proud of it. Raise your hand if you took the social media challenge. Okay, very good. Thumbs up, thumbs, uh, thumbs, how did, it, <laughs> how did it go? Any feedback? Anyone want to kill me? No? Thumbs up? I'm getting some thumbs up. Okay, several people told me that they took the social media challenge and it's been a thumbs up, okay, and it was a beneficial thing. Several people, oddly enough, posted on social media that they're taking this taking the social media challenge that's great one person even honest goodness one person came to me last sunday after i put up there about social media and cutting it back one person took a picture of that posted it on instagram 
okay? And then started getting comments from people about it and came and showed me right after the talk, said, look, at so-and-so posted about this tonight. Okay, whatever works for you, okay? Whatever works. But the goal is we are trying to be, I like how Marianne said, be who God made us to be. We'll keep on practicing this week. And next week, like I said, we'll talk long-term how to get there. Let's stand together for a prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for who you created us to be. And even though sometimes we don't like what we see in the mirror, we don't like who we are, Lord, we know that you made us perfect, masterpiece, just one of a kind. So we're praying, Lord, that through this series, that, that you would help us to stop looking around and comparing ourselves to others, Lord, but just seeing who you made us to be. You're the standard. You're the reference point. And we pray, Lord, that you would help us to, to, to live that life of true contentment, where we can say, like St. Paul said, that I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I can do all things through, through Christ who strengthens me. Pray, Lord, for every single person who's here, that you're helping them and blessing them as they take this challenge, Lord, and attempt to live who you made them to be. We ask these things in the name of your Son, with the prayers of all of your saints. Here, says we pray thankfully, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. In Christ Jesus our Lord, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Thank you all.